Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and for the next 25 minutes, we're going to be learning more about the rejected Messiah. When Jesus arrived in his hometown of Bethlehem, he wasn't exactly welcomed with open arms. And that pattern of rejection didn't change much, even when he was performing miracles and casting out demons. It seems the very people he was trying to save turned their backs on him. And sadly, not much has changed in 2,000 years. But the Lord has a remnant of people on the earth who are called out. And that's what Rabbi Schneider is going to be talking about today in our series on Messianic Prophecy. So let's get started. The Hebrew Bible very specifically told us in advance that when the Messiah came, he would be rejected by the nation of Israel. So let's go right to the text now, Isaiah 52, beginning at verse number 13. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. Now notice how he continues. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he speaking about this one that was going to be lifted up and exalted, for he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. Notice the question here. Who is going to believe this? For he didn't grow up like in some type of spectacular way that got everybody's attention, but rather he grew up, the prophet Isaiah says, like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. He continues, he has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. So this one that was to come, this one that Isaiah began to say, my servant that is high and lifted up and greatly exalted in chapter 52, this one that will sprinkle many nations, this one that kings will shut their mouth because of. When he came, Isaiah said, who's going to believe it? Because he didn't come again like a spectacular fire burst where everyone would see him, but rather he came in a tender and in a gentle way, like a root out of parched ground. He didn't look like much, Isaiah said. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Who is he speaking to here? He's a Hebrew prophet in the nation of Israel. He's speaking to Israel. Isaiah the prophet, who functioned under the king Uzziah, was telling the nation of Israel that one is going to come 
And he is the one that's going to sprinkle many nations and make them clean. He's going to go on to say that he's going to take our sin and he's going to take our sickness in his own body. And by his stripes, we're going to be healed. But he goes on to say to the nation of Israel, but you're going to miss him because he didn't look like much. He had no stately form. There was nothing about his physical appearance, Isaiah said, that we should be attracted to him. He was despised, Isaiah said at the bottom of verse 3, and we did not esteem him. Men even denied that they had anything to do with them because they didn't want to be associated with them. Isaiah said he was like one from whom men hide their face. They turn the other way. Isaiah says this is going to be the plight of this one that's going to come, that it's going to take the sin of his people. Isaiah continues here in verse number four. Surely our griefs, speaking of this one that was to come, he himself bore and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the messianic prophecy given to us in the prophet Isaiah that when Mashiach came, it's a Hebrew word for Messiah, when the anointed one came, Isaiah said, Israel would not recognize him. And even beyond that, they would reject him and even despise him. And surely this has come to pass. In fact, sometimes in Israel, Yeshua is not referred to as Yeshua, but Yeshu, which is like a curse word towards him. May his name be blotted out. He was despised and rejected of men. And so even to this day, most of national Israel, most of the Jewish community has still not recognized that Yeshua is who he said he was and who the Hebrew prophets said he would be. All that the Hebrew prophets foretold would happen to Messiah in terms of his relationship with Israel has surely come to pass even down, beloved ones, to this very day. Isaiah said he was despised and rejected of men. And so this is one of the strongest messianic prophecies in the scriptures. But let's just go ahead and continue to read today, beloved one, Isaiah 53, because in it you're going to hear how Yeshua so completely fulfills this portion of the word of God. Let's continue on. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Matthew quotes this section of scripture in Matthew chapter 8 as Jesus is healing people. Matthew said he healed all their diseases, and he says to fulfill the words of the prophet. And then Matthew goes back and he quotes Isaiah chapter number 53, verse number 4. He said that the nation of Israel would count him as one that was smitten of God and afflicted. In other words, today, Yeshua is often looked upon as one that is accursed in Israel. And I say this with the deepest love, like Paul, that grieved for the salvation of his people. This is still happening today. Yeshua is looked at as one that betrayed God, one that's cursed, just as Isaiah said would be the case. In verse number five, but he, speaking of Jesus, was pierced through for our transgressions. 
He wasn't crucified because he was accursed by God, as many still believe today, and as many certainly thought during his own day. No, Isaiah says, he was pierced on that cross for our sin, for our transgression. He died because of you and I. He wasn't hanging on that cross for his own sin. He was hanging on that cross for our sin. So listen again. Isaiah said, yet we ourselves, in verse number four, esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Peter references this by his stripes, Peter said in the New Testament, we are healed. The innocent one dying for the guilty, the just dying for the unjust. He took our sin and we took on his righteousness. This is what Isaiah is describing. And this is what Matthew and Peter were referring to, showing how Jesus fulfilled it. The just dying for the unjust, the innocent taking the sin of the guilty and healing us even to the extent that he oftentimes extends his hand of grace to heal us now even in our physical bodies. By his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord, yud heh vav the Hebrew letters for God's sacred name that are revealed to Moses. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Many people today feel they don't need Jesus to die for them. I can't even imagine, I don't even want to imagine what happens to people that say, I don't need Jesus to die for me. I don't want his death on the cross to be for me. I'll pay for my own sins. No, the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. That's why the Bible says, there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved, but the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. Beware, your family is under attack, bombarded with the acceptance of same-sex marriage, gender fluidity taught to our children in school, government-funded drag queen story hours, and the rainbow has been hijacked. When will it end? Enough is enough. Discover the real truth about God's rainbow. It's time to take the rainbow back. Visit takingtherainbowback.com. Discovering the Jewish Jesus could not accomplish its mission without partners like you. Together, we are preparing men and women for the soon return of Jesus. So please stop by our website to give a one-time donation or to partner with us on a monthly basis. Through your simple act of generosity, you are making an impact. Go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. And now with the conclusion of today's message, here is Rabbi Schneider. Again, we're looking at messianic prophecy. 
and how Isaiah predicted that when he came, he would be rejected. There's a remnant that believed. There's always just been a remnant. A remnant is a small number of people on the earth that truly are called out by the Father and belong to him. This is why Jesus said in John chapter 6, when so many were not believing him, Jesus said, don't grumble among yourself. Don't set yourself up thinking that you're judging me. He said, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. And all the Father gives me will come to me. At the end of John chapter 6, there was just a few people left standing with Jesus. Yeshua said, do you want to leave also? They said, where can we go? You alone have the words of life. Jesus said to them, this is why I said to you, no man can come to me unless it's been granted by the Father. If you have the revelation to know that Jesus is your only hope, that he's the only answer, you're one of the elect of the Father if you've yielded to that call and God's love in your life. His favor is on you. You didn't gain that revelation through your own intellect or insight. The Father revealed who Jesus is to you. This is why Jesus said to Peter, who do they say that I am? And Peter said, well, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist. Yeshua said to Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. You're the Mashiach, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Yeshua said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he said, and this is the key. This is the key that I'm going to build my church on. I believe that key that Yeshua was referring to, the rock. This is the rock, Jesus said. The rock is revelation. If you know in your heart that Jesus is not just one of many answers, that Christianity is not just one of many religions, but that Yeshua is the only sacrifice for mankind's sin that has ever lived or will ever live, and there is no way to the Father through him, you have that revelation knowledge because the Father has chosen to reveal that to you, and not everybody gets that. You're blessed. That's what Jesus said to Peter, you're blessed. Blessed art thou, Simon, son of John, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Take God's call on your life seriously and don't take it for granted that you know in your heart that Yeshua truly and really is the son of God. If you do know that, the only thing left is how will you respond? Will you give him your life? Because that's what he's calling us for. That's what he's calling us to, to give him back our life completely and without reservation. If you have the revelation that Yeshua is the Messiah, that Jesus is the only answer and that you must surrender your life to him. If you have this revelation, beloved, there's only one thing left and that's for you and I to say yes and to give him our whole heart, our whole heart. Let's continue on. Verse seven, he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before it shears. So he did not open his mouth. Remember, Yeshua was brought before Pilate, getting ready to be crucified. Jesus didn't object. He didn't shout. He didn't say, I'm innocent. But rather he stood there silent, just like the prophet Isaiah said he would. He didn't open his mouth. And this really shook Pilate up, that Jesus stood there 
with such a calmness, such a peace, such a confidence, such a inward self-possession in the Ruach, the Holy Spirit. And Pilate said to him, don't you know I have the power to crucify you? Jesus calmly said, you'd have no power to crucify me unless it had been given you from above. Jesus didn't even open his mouth. He didn't object even a peep, just like Isaiah predicted would happen. Verse number eight, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due? In other words, no one really thought anything about him once he was crucified. Life went on. No one went back to think, oh, he was crucified, that Yeshua of Nazareth, he was crucified for me. They didn't stop and think. No, they forgot about him. No one considered. Life went on. So Isaiah said, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due? Notice he also says here, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Taken away with soldiers on each hand, whipping him in advance with all kinds of scars on his back. People screaming at him, yelling at him, mocking at him, pulling out his beard. Taken away in oppression and judgment. Then crucified with people laughing and mocking. And the next day, everyone just went on as if life was normal. And so Isaiah said to the inspiration of the Lord, as for his generation, who considered that he was crucified? Who considered, Isaiah said, that this happened to him, this stroke fell upon his life for the transgression of my people, said the Lord, to whom the stroke was really due. Verse nine, his grave was assigned with wicked men, Yet he was with the rich man in his death. What does Isaiah mean? When he was being crucified, he was being crucified with wicked men. Two criminals being crucified next to him, right? Jesus in the center. Just as Isaiah prophesied would happen. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with the rich man in his death. And so Jesus was considered a criminal, just like the other two that he was crucified with. But he ended up, as Isaiah prophesied, being buried in a rich man's tomb, Joseph of Arimathea. I mean, when you see how Yeshua fulfilled all these messianic prophecies, it's like, wow. It just makes your faith, just like pouring gasoline on a fire. Beloved ones, we don't have a long time to live on this earth. We need to run the race while we're here with the fire in our heart praise on our lips, magnifying God and boldly declaring to the world that Jesus is the way and he's the only answer to all of life's problems. You're listening to a message from Rabbi Schneider titled The Rejected Messiah here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. 
You know, the book of Isaiah focuses a lot of attention on messianic prophecy, and some of it, it can be really confusing. But understanding Jesus through a Jewish lens can really help you deepen the roots of your Christian faith. And that's why we have a treasury of messianic content online. And you'll find teaching videos, details about biblical feasts, and you can even watch some testimonies from people all over the world who found the Messiah through this ministry. We call these videos God Moments, and we believe you'll be blessed by listening to how God is working in the world through these special testimonies. And you can find these resources and so much more online when you visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And we love hearing your testimonies and stories too. And we couldn't do what we do without your prayers and financial support. And to share with us for just a moment about that, here's Rabbi once again. I always make it a priority, beloved ones, to teach the truth of the Word of God. And I know that on the earth today, sometimes it's hard to find teaching that you feel is authentic and that feeds you. I want to simply say this. It costs me a lot of money to broadcast. You see, Christian programmers like myself, we have to pay for our own airtime. And the only way that I can broadcast is when those that are receiving from this ministry respond by financially sowing into it. So I want to simply say, beloved one, if you believe in me, if this ministry is feeding you, would you make a special offering to the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus? The Bible teaches that we should financially support those that are feeding us. Paul said, such men are worthy of support. If you're being blessed by this ministry, if you believe in what we're doing, if you want other people to be blessed by it, simply, beloved, respond to the Holy Spirit and make an offering to the Lord today through discovering the Jewish Jesus. I wanna thank you in advance for your support. God bless you and shalom. To support this ministry with a gift of any amount, call 800-777-7835 or automate your gift each month by signing up to become a monthly partner. We're online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. As our way of saying thank you for your generous financial gifts, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's message of the month that's available as an instant digital download, along with our current newsletter. And for our new monthly partners. We'll also send you a special gift of appreciation, an authentic shofar that's been custom handcrafted in Israel. And then before we wrap up our time today, let me remind you that this weekend we'll be kicking off our Taking the Rainbow Back campaign. And we're calling on you, God's people, to go out into the public squares and to stand up for righteousness. We want you to wear your rainbow t-shirts and the tracks that we've prepared to declare God's glory to a broken world. If we don't do it now, who will? Learn more at takingtherainbowback.com. Now here's Rabbi to wrap up today's message with a special blessing. The ironic blessing in the book of Numbers chapter 6 is not a blessing that comes from an impersonal being out there somewhere in the heavens. This special blessing comes from a person, Yahweh God Almighty, our creator and maker. So receive God's blessing into your life right now. Yahweh, Yahweh, 
Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vichunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us again next time when Rabbi Schneider helps us stand firm when we're facing persecution. That's coming up Thursday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. <laughs>